We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Thursday, the 31st day of March, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you? It's good to see you. Healthy and alive. Yeah. Uh, good to be here. Wish it was under better circumstances, you know, with everything what going mean? on. What's going on? Oh, I don't know. A little bit of inflation. We've got Fauci back saying we should lock down again or be flexible enough to lock down again. Uh -huh. uh, war in Ukraine, which... Yeah, not sure with the whole details on that one yet. Still, uh, yeah. Well, there is a solution for inflation. It's just you're just going to have to raise taxes. That's the easiest solution to fix that inflation problem, right? Did yeah. we talk about Madison Cawthorn yesterday? I can't remember. I don't know if we, we talked about him on recording. I know we talked about him afterward. Okay. Well, let's talk about him now because I've heard a lot of talk about this over the last day or so, like it's some kind of breaking news. Uh, he claimed that uh, the DC elites have invited him to orgies and have done drugs in front of him. I wish I could say that I didn't believe that, but unfortunately, that's the way that DC has been for quite some time. I find it shocking that he's only just now figuring this out. Apparently, uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is going to uh, give him a, uh, a dressing down after he uh, claimed on a podcast that the D.C. elites invited him to a uh, to an orgy party with uh, cocaine and you know, some other things. He says, I look at all these people and a lot of them I've looked up to through my life. I don't know why, son. I've always paid attention to politics. Then all of a sudden you get invited to, well, hey, we're going to have a kind of a, a sexual get together at one of our homes. You should come down. And he says, what, what, what did you just ask me to come to? He says, then you realize that they're asking you to go to an orgy. And then he said one of them did a uh, did a bump of cocaine in front of him. Does this shock anybody? Does this kind of uh, step out of the uh, the realm of possibility when it comes to the D.C. crowd? I don't think so. That entire town is nothing but using dirty secrets on each other. It's blackmail. That's all it is. That's all that political class has ever been. That's all they ever will be, is that. They were making reference to a Netflix series called House of Cards. You remember House of Cards, Bruce? I don't know if you ever watched it or not, but uh, it was the one with Kevin Spacey. It was, it was said to be about the Clintons. That's what it was supposed to be about. But they say that, uh, it, Cawthorn has said that um, the series is more like, uh, Cawthorn and the, the podcast host said that the series is more like a documentary than fiction. So here's, um, here's part of the, I'm very skeptical of Cawthorn. He went in, and I had some fairly high hopes for him, considering he's a politician, okay? Keeping that in mind. So it's really low expectations, but for a politician, pretty high. And he voted for red flag gun laws. He's up for your election. That's why I think this is all BS. He's been in there, what, two years? Or is it, has he been in there for already? Uh, two years. I'm no, he's sure been he's in there for two years. No, he's been in there for two years. That's all he's been in there for. Because remember, he spoke at the RNC? Yeah... Well, I mean, I'm, I've got articles here saying he's going for re-election in 2022. Okay. 
So what is he? Was he finishing out someone's term? Uh, it says I am excited to run for a re-election in North Carolina's newly solidified 11th congressional district and represent nearly all of my constituents in the 118th uh, Congress. Okay, all right. Well then, he's up for re-election. Uh, he's making so, quite a statement during a during a re-election campaign. That's quite a statement. That's why I'm skeptical of his statement. Um, not saying, look, I, I do not doubt it one bit in the sense of that that Come could on. happen. Do you, do, could happen. <laughs> could happen. Listen to you. Giving him the benefit of the doubt. That degenerate, corrupt class of political psychopaths that we have in D.C., giving him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to drug use, and they're a bunch of drug-addicted lawyers, most of them anyway? I don't think so. And how many That's... times, how many times have we seen them caught now take anthony weiner for example right what kind of disgusting things was that guy involved in you're telling me there weren't drugs involved in the stuff that he was doing come on no 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 no. and and this isn't just native to the united states do you remember england do you remember westminster the cocaine they they found in the uh, in the toilets in the house of commons yeah yeah this is nothing new this is nothing new these people that that's who these people are not all of them, I guess. You know, a couple of them in there might be all right. I don't exactly see Senator Paul attending any of these uh, these events. I don't see Senator Cruz attending any of these events. Uh, I, I I don't. Dare I say it? I don't see Senator Bernie Sanders attending any of these events. Maybe that's why he had the heart condition. He took too much cocaine. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe. maybe I don't know. But uh, honestly, as a whole, on average... That that's a that's a corrupt bunch of drug addicted lawyers as it is anyway. So I do believe that these things happen, and I do believe that those types of um, parties and drug use. I think that's commonplace in D.C. more than we would like to admit. But that's therein lies my predicament. Cawthorn is saying these things on a re-election, so that already makes me skeptical. But then he's saying the things that I, I don't want to hear, but I want to hear. In the sense of, I want to know, I want to hear that these are cocaine addicted, uh, you know, sex crazed individuals because it fits the narrative that I want to believe that they're actually crazy nuts. And, and that's the reason that they're making these stupid decisions that they're making. Bruce, can, but, I, can I just say, yeah, I believe that yeah. they would be crazy nuts, even if they weren't a bunch of cocaine addict, sex addicted degenerates. I would but still then, think they're crazy. <laughs> I, I agree, but then that makes it more difficult to explain why there are those things. Uh, I mean, because they're insane. At least with the yeah, but at least with the drugs and the sex addiction, there, there, you can make the argument that it's those addictions that's causing them to not think clearly, uh, and and without that, you know, so. Uh, that that's why I'm skeptical uh, of this whole thing is because it's something that I want to believe. And anytime something comes from a politician that I want to believe, it's them fac uh, manufacturing something to try to garner my my favor. And so that's why I'm skeptical on it. Now, here's the next question. Why does minority leader McCarthy want to have a word with him? I mean, it, it, it could you could you could say it's either way. He's getting on to him for hey, this is supposed to be under wraps, or it could be, why are you lying, bro? I mean, it could be either one. 
But if he was lying, then he would be forced to make a public apology, I would think. I mean, if he wasn't that's lying, pretty serious. he that's would pretty be serious forced accusation. to make a... That's pretty serious. Forced to make an apology either way. I wouldn't apologize. Fine, get rid of me. I, I don't want to be in this damn town anyway. If that's the way you people are going to behave, that's just me. You know, God help me. I stand on my principles. Anyway, anything else on that? I I don't want to spend any more time on that. I no, just thought I, we should I, cover. It. I mean, true or false? Uh, I don't that, doubt that it. That place is still accessible. <laughs> either way, cesspit. I don't doubt it. In that town, I I don't doubt it at all. I don't doubt it at all. Uh, the U.S. warns Russia is unjustly detaining Americans. They say, do not travel to Russia. I had no plans to do so. I mean, I, I don't really have any intention of traveling to, to Russia anytime soon. The U.S. Embassy in Moscow issued a warning to U.S. citizens on Tuesday to avoid traveling to Russia after Russian security services have arrested U.S. citizens on suspicious charges. Well, why do we still have diplomats there? Didn't they get expelled? I mean, we threw all of our diplomats out. Didn't our diplomats get thrown out? I mean, isn't that how this stuff works when you sanction and all that stuff? You kind of pull the diplomats from all the different places. So why are they still there? That's what I thought, too. But uh, I thought there was something about diplomats diplomats being expelled or, or removed or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. U.S. Embassy raised its Russia travel advisory to level four, do not travel status, which is, by the way, level four has, it's been a level four where I'm at for almost two years now because of COVID-19, because under COVID, under the emergency powers that they all have now that they've just seized, the CDC now has the authority to restrict travel under public health emergencies. So Germany's been listed as a level four, do not travel. By the way, that's the same level as Afghanistan. Just thought you'd like to know. Uh, and they've been saying that there are terror attacks incoming here for how long now? Like two and a half years now? Oh, there's going to be terror attacks and there's COVID-19. So you don't want to travel there. Where? Where? I'm, not, I'm on the ground here. I'm not seeing it anywhere. I, I'm not seeing anything even remotely close to that. It was just the... Uh uh, the U.S. Embassy spokesperson uh, confirmed that it was the second in command uh, at the U.S. Embassy. Uh -huh. So it was okay. the uh, uh, Bartel Gorman. Okay. So it wasn't the, they didn't expel all the ambassadors, just the second. All right, whatever. It's still hysteria, isn't it? It's still hysteria. That That's all we're doing now is, is it's it's hysteria and the virtue signaling. My God, the virtue signaling. I'm seeing more virtue signaling in the last few days than I've seen in it at any time with COVID. COVID, the whole virtue signaling with the, the whole masking and everything, I mean, that, that was bad enough in and of itself. But this, this has gone to a whole new level with all this sanctioning with Russia. The, the virtue signaling with this, we're dropping the Z from Zurich because it might have uh, implications to Russia. We're banning Siberian cats. We're banning Russian trees. You can't take part in a chess competition if you're a chess prodigy from Russia because you don't have a stance that is anti-Putin. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, the virtue signaling continues. It continues. Bruce, are you familiar with Samsung, the company? You know, the smartphone company, TV company and all that sure. stuff? You from yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody pretty much knows Samsung, right? They're now jumping onto the, uh, the virtue signaling bandwagon. They've decided that they're going to remove Z from their Galaxy Z brand phones. Their whole product line is now going to remove the Z. So, you know, the flip ones, you know, the, the Galaxy Z flips. Yeah. All those, th so, those are now gone. So you mean their entire brand, uh, the Z model, was a reference to Russia? Apparently so. I, apparently so. Hmm. That's, that's okay. what it is. Yeah. Uh, Samsung that's the only has, reason you would get rid of it. Yeah. Samsung has removed the letter Z from its Galaxy Z Fold and Flip smartphones in 
Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, and more countries are to come. The company has yet to provide an explanation for the change, but I think we all know what it is if they're doing that, right? However, the move comes with a somewhat of a cultural backlash towards the letter, which has become a symbol for the Russian military operation in Ukraine. Isn't that interesting that we're just... We're, we're going to remove that from everything now. Can, can we just can we just get rid of the letter Z from the alphabet? That'll be next, won't it? That, that'll be next. The, the letter Z from, from the alphabet, for those that are outside the U.S. that are familiar with international English, we're, we're just going to get rid of it. I mean, that would be difficult to do, but yeah, I mean, not in this day that's and the age. level of literacy that they are. Not, not in this day and age. This is, these people have gone insane. They've gone insane. I was on the phone with Ned before we started. He said the level of the, the hysteria over there is just crazy. And I said, you know what? I said, I saw at least three cars today driving down the road. It, and it's it's bad enough that the people were in there wearing masks, but they're now hanging Ukraine flags in their back windows. It's that bad. It's that bad. It's like they're virtue signaling all over the place. I saw a photo today of a flat in England. He had a BLM flag. He had a Ukraine flag. It's like, my God. I mean, how much can you virtue signal? How much? Not enough, apparently. Not enough. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Ned told me he was driving down south on Monday. He'll, he'll be with us over the weekend. You'll get him on the uh, you'll get him on Monday's podcast. But he said he was driving down south. And I said, oh, you going to London? You go to Trafalgar Square to take part in the Ukraine protest, <laughs> the, the pro-Ukraine rally. <laughs> he just laughed. He said, no, no, he was going down to see Marty. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I guess don't be buying it. What, what are they going to call it now? Are they going to call it a Galaxy, the Samsung thing? Or are they just going to call it a Galaxy? Well, it can't be called a Galaxy Z anymore. So what are you going to change it to now? Galaxy X? Galaxy Y? <laughs> Pick another letter from the, the alphabet? I mean, I, I don't know. Why does it really matter? It doesn't. To, to Samsung. That's the point. It's like, it's just virtue signaling. It's just, again, this is the new narrative. This is the new mask. This is the new social distancing. That, that, that's what this is. It means nothing. And honestly, I think it's going to end up biting them in the ass like uh, like the vaccines do. Well, why are we seeing all of this this push? Why, why are we seeing that? Why are we being told to focus on the Oscars and Will Smith slap, fake slap and Chris Rock? Why, why are we being told to watch these things? Why are we being told to choose a side with Russia and Ukraine? Why are we not paying attention to the Pfizer data dumps? Why are we not paying attention to the amount of COVID deaths? New report is out by the by the Daily Expose today. We'll be going over it tomorrow uh, with Marty. And it shows that over 90% of all people in the last 30 days are fully vaccinated people. That's not good. That's not good. But we'll be going over that. But don't pay any attention to that because while you're focused on all of that, What's the big topic right now that no one wants to hear about? Well, actually, everybody wants to hear about, but the media doesn't want to mention it. Uh, and that's the Hunter Biden laptop. No one wants to talk about that, do they? No, of course not. Never mind the fact that forensic investigators just got a hold of it and they confirmed that all the emails in the Hunter Biden laptop are authentic. Oh, that's not good. No, that's that's not good, is it? No, no, it's that's not good. Bruce, did you hear about that? Did you did you hear about that at all? That all the the forensic analysis that concluded that all the uh, the, the emails are a hundred percent authentic. You didn't hear about yeah, that? Yeah, I did. I did hear about that. And uh, are we surprised at all? I can't say that uh, that we're surprised because we knew that they were authentic <laughs> from the start. Uh, an email Hunter Biden received in April of 2015 from a Burisma executive discussing an introduction to then Vice President Joe Biden which lies at the heart of the New York Post investigation, which was all a Russian disinformation campaign, right? That's, it, was, it was all fake news. Nobody could confirm that. It was, it was all a Russian intelligence operation. Hunter Biden himself even said, 
that it that it was all Russian intelligence uh, is unquestionably authentic. Huh. I never would have guessed. A cybersecurity expert determined on Thursday, which is today, they obtained a full copy of Hunter Biden's alleged laptop from former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, which he had a full copy of the hard drive. And in fact, when his house was raided, the warrant specifically said, and Rudy knows this, Rudy's a lawyer. He's actually the president's lawyer. Rudy looked at the warrant and said, you need to take everything that is electronic, everything, as in phones, laptops, hard drives, flash drives, everything. You need to take it all. So as the FBI is there collecting all this stuff, Rudy hands him another electronic device. And the FBI agent says, what's that? And he says, uh, this is the Hunter Biden laptop. And the agent says, no, 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 I'm sorry. We, we can't take that. What, what, what do you mean? No, you have to take this. It says right here on the warrant that you need to take this. Well, I know what the warrant says, but we can't take that. Why not? Why can't you take it, agent, special agent? Why can't you take it? The report provided Robert Graham, the founder of cybersecurity firm Errata Security, with a copy of the email and its metadata for forensic analysis. Graham, who has been cited as a cybersecurity expert in the Washington Post and the Associated Press, Wired and Engadget, and other news and technology outlets, quite a quite a bit of mainstream credibility, if you will, said that he used a cryptographic signature found in the email's metadata to validate that the account used by Vidim Pozharsky, an advisor to Burisma's board of directors, emailed Hunter Biden on April 17th of 2015. And right here's the email, right? We have a, we have a copy of it right there. In the email, Pozharsky thanked Hunter Biden for inviting me, for quote, inviting me to D.C. and giving me an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Huh. That's interesting. You know, I, I also found out from Jack Posobiec, he actually brought to light that Mitt Romney's, well, one of Mitt Romney's top staffers is actually a board member of Burisma. It's funny how that all, how that all works. Strange. The New York Post first reported the email in October, describing it as a smoking gun, showing that Hunter Biden had introduced his father to the Burisma executive in 2015. The email was sent less than a year before Joe Biden pressured the former Ukrainian president Petro Poroshenko to fire a prosecutor who was reportedly investigating the gas company in return for a $1 billion loan guarantee. Do I need to play the clip again? I mean, wouldn't hurt, I guess. Okay. I, I, I was not I, I, but it just happened to be that was the assignment I got. I, I, I got all the good ones. Uh, and uh, so I got Ukraine. And uh, um, I remember going over convincing our team or others to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the. 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee, and I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. You know what? If I were investigating an organized crime group, this is just me, right? If I were investigating an organized crime group, that is not the kind of talk you would expect to hear 
in public like they were doing. That's what you would hear on a wiretap, is that right there. You see, when you have a criminal conspiracy in play, the people that are involved in that criminal conspiracy, they like to celebrate their power within that crime ring with other people in that crime ring. That's what they like to do. They like to brag about how much power they've got and what they can do and what kind of leverage they have over this person and, and what have you. That's what they like to do. That is exactly what that is. That's a gangster right there when you hear that kind of talk. That's not a president. That's a gangster. Remember, that was Russian disinformation. <laughs> that was Russian disinformation. That is what got the New York Post locked. That was part of what got the New York Post locked out, was that right there. Graham previously said that the emails sent from Gmail, such as Posharsky's message to Hunter Biden, can be absolutely verified beyond the shadow of a doubt by testing its contents against a unique DKIM signature found in its metadata. Graham used the DKIM signature within the email to verify with a private key on Google servers that the sender, recipient, subject, date, and body of the message that was obtained from Giuliani were unchanged from when the email was originally sent in April of 2015. Graham said the only way that the email could have been faked is if someone hacked into Google servers, good luck doing that, found the private key and used it to reverse engineer the email's DKIM signature. Basically, it's impossible is what he's saying. I think Google even has it to where if you can hack into one of their uh, one of their mainframes, they'll pay you. I think it's a million dollars. I think they actually have that. Uh, that bounty up there, they say, yeah, sure. Here's our source code. If you can break it, go ahead. We'll pay you a million. Email metadata on its own does not provide any indication of whether hacking had anything to do with the email's release. Of course, committing criminal hacking doesn't make true information any less true. So no matter how illegitimately they get, they gather emails, the contents are provably legitimate. Joe Biden's presidential campaign, however, said in a statement that his schedule indicates that no such meeting as alleged in the email took place. No, of course not. No, no. See, they're not going to admit that publicly. They're going to do that in private, like the clip we just played. They're going to brag about it within those circles. Which was still a public Still a public setting. forum. Yeah, it was still a public yeah. forum. However, the campaign later told Politico that they could not rule out the possibility he had a cursory encounter with a Burisma executive. The email came from a computer that Hunter Biden reportedly dropped off at a Delaware-based computer repair shop in April of 2019. <laughs> I still can't get over that. The repair shop owner provided Giuliani a copy of the hard drive after it went unclaimed. Of course, Hunter Biden, he denied giving the laptop to the Delaware shop. You know, of course, he cleared all that up in an interview with, uh, I believe it was CBS when he said, Was that your laptop? For real? I don't know. Yeah, see, he, do he doesn't know. He, he, he doesn't know. It's entirely possible that it could have been another laptop or it could have been Russian intelligence. It could have been that he was hacked. It could have been that it was misinformation. It could have been all those things, just like it was could have been Parmesan cheese, I guess. I don't think that is a lie. I don't think he I, I legitimately don't think he remembers dropping that laptop off at the repair shop. However, in hindsight, I think he does know that is his laptop. And of course, now that they can't hide it anymore, CNN has actually reported on the Hunter Biden laptop. Listen to this. Well, Brianna, this is a very real, very substantial investigation of potentially serious federal crimes. We are seeing federal prosecutors in Delaware do exactly what you would expect to see federal prosecutors do in this situation. They're talking to witnesses. They're bringing people into the grand jury. They're issuing subpoenas. And I would expect, as Evan reported, they're now gaining steam and they need to make a decision, I think, in the at least intermediate future. This case has been going on for four years, and there is a realistic chance this could result in federal charges, of course. 
then we'd be in unprecedented political territory, not legal territory, but a situation of having potentially the Justice Department prosecuting and trying to imprison the son of the president. Now, hang on a minute. The The investigation's been going on for four years, but yet you refuse to cover anything. And as a matter of fact, when you when it was brought up, your network said that it didn't even exist. It was a Russian conspiracy yeah. theory. Yeah. And on top of that, um, they hid that it was they, they said it was Russian dif- disinformation. They were hiding the fact that it was real when this came out before the election. And enough people have said they would have changed their vote had they known that about that. So even uh, with election the interference, fraud. even with the voter fraud, the vote still would have gone the other way. Even with the voter fraud, they still wouldn't have been able to steal it. So we're we're saying uh, Russia was interfering on in our election by putting like what was it fourteen thousand dollars into ads or something at some piddly number like of yeah yeah something and like then <laughs> and then we have every major news organization uh, Twitter Facebook you know the social media saying that this is this is fake information and now. It, it, this is all of a sudden now it's real and there's been an, inves- an investigation for the last four years on this. I'm sorry, every one of you should be charged. Congressman Matt Gates uh, had a chance to sit down with the assistant director of the FBI's cyber crime division. Uh, and he said that um, he doesn't know where the Hunter Biden laptop is. But I, I thought CNN just said that there was investigations been going on for four years. And quite frankly, mm-hmm. the, he doesn't know where it is. Well, it was handed to one of your special agents that raided Giuliani's home. So why don't you know where it is? And it's my understanding that a lot of the FBI cybercrime people have already looked at it and they don't want to go anywhere near it because of the political implications of it. Yeah. The, um, the repairman said when he realized what was on the laptop after, you know, the, the, however long it is, is like a month or three months or whatever, when a product is not claimed it is then basically defaults to the repair shop ownership uh he looked at what was on there realized what was on there he sent a, a copy to the local police department saved a copy and put it a, uh, gave it to a friend as a dead man switch if you will and then sent a copy to giuliani so law enforcement have had this uh since it was first realized and giuliani's had it ab- about the same amount of period uh you know roughly i think it's like a year after Giuliani yeah. got it. And I I think a couple of other licensed professional investigators actually have professional private investigators have copies of it as well for investigative purposes. And they have said that they have copies on a dead man switch as well. So if they were to ever, um, shall we say, uh, not make their next appointment, then those will get released to the proper people. So Gates, who I'm not really a fan of in recent days, but he was at least, if nothing else, for the uh, for, for the political theater of it, he was at least trying to make a show of it on uh, on the House committee there. Uh, he says, I want to know where the Hunter Biden laptop is. Where is it? He was asking the assistant director of the FBI and the assistant director re- responded, I don't know that answer. He says, has the FBI cyber assessed whether or not the Hunter Biden laptop could be a point of vulnerability, allowing America's enemies to hurt our country? In December 2019, they turned over the laptop to the FBI. And now you're telling me right here is that the assistant director of FBI Cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago, which is exactly what you just said, Bruce. He says, yes, sir, that's an accurate statement. I do believe I have audio of that. Pretty sure this is it. Allowing America's enemies to hurt our country. 
Sir, the FBI cyber program is based off of what's codified in Title 18 or um, Title 18, Section 1030, a code which talks about computer intrusions, right? Using nefarious intent. Network well, you've talked about passwords here. I mean, Hunter Biden's password on his laptop was Hunter 02. He drops it off at a repair store. I'm holding the receipt from Max Computer Repair, where in December 2019, they turned over this laptop to the FBI. And what now you're telling me right here is that as the assistant director of FBI Cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. Yes, sir. That's an accurate statement. You lied. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Really? You don't know where it is? You have no idea. I'm betting if you're the assistant director of the FBI, you can figure it out really quickly. If you don't know, maybe it's entirely possible that he doesn't know. He is a politician, right? He does have a, you know, he does have a big desk he has to sit behind. So maybe he doesn't know personally. I'll give him the benefit of that doubt. However, he's got an entire department of agents underneath of him that could get him that information really quickly. This is nothing but political theater. This is nothing but this is just this is garbage. This is junk. The FBI, as as we've talked about with other things, Gretchen Whitmer, the situation, the um, <laughs> there was a, an instance of um, a, another conservative podcast that was infiltrated Antifa and it was a federal agent that was handing them uh, firearms to try to get it was a honeypot. And they were seeing if this group was crazy enough to go out and, and, and commit a crime with a firearm given to them by a federal agent. We, we've seen the, the January 6th debacle and how many of them were federal agents and how the federal agents were the ones that were instigating this whole thing. They know exactly where the laptop is. It's probably in some uh, top secret, you know, they classified it and it, it yeah. Well, that would be interesting because of all the different copies of it that are out there that are in the hands of private investigators and lawyers. So it's not like people that are paying attention, such as ourselves, among millions of other people around the world. It's not like we're not paying attention to that. As a matter of fact, you know, the Washington Post, it's apparently whatever's on there is so bad. And I haven't looked at it. I don't want to look at it. I have no interest in in, in seeing what's on there. I think it's disgusting uh, from what I've heard from some of the private investigators that have, have looked at it. I mean, they have to because they're hired to look into it. And they say that it's as bad as what everybody says it is. It's actually worse. But the Washington Post, the heavily enhanced Washington Post, did a review this afternoon and said that, well, they found additional documents showing that the, from the laptop, showing the Biden family interactions with Chinese executives, some of whom are linked to a major Chinese oil and gas company that has ties to the Chinese Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army. Say it ain't so. No, I never would have guessed that one. And Bruce, you were doubting the orgy parties and the cocaine use in D.C.? (laughs) So I don't doubt that that could be a possibility. Was he invited to it? Did he actually see that go down? Show me the police report where he he filed. That's a fair point. That is a fair point. Anything else on the on the Biden laptop that you want to comment on before we just move on here? Because there's going to be more of that. Because if the Washington Post is coming out and saying that publicly, then that means there's more to to drop on that in the uh, in the coming days. If they're doing, if they're not even trying to do damage control now, then and you've got CNN 
saying, oh, yeah, there's an investigation that's been going on for four years. And and boy, this is really picking up steam. <laughs> there's indictments going out. And well, we're going to be in uncharted political territory. Well, yeah, uh, apparently there's a lot of um, witnesses involved. There's apparently a lot of we'll see where this goes. Um, what I'm concerned is going to happen is this is all going to heat up. There is going to be so terrible, so horrible, and they're going to investigate it. They're going to have a trial and he's going to either be acquitted or he's going to get a slap on the wrist and go to prison for three months. Yeah. And you notice who they are getting ready to put on the Supreme Court. Yeah, this is going to be interesting if they if they get. OK, so they're pushing to have Clarence Thomas removed. They, they want him out because of his recent hospital visit. And they've been trying to do a smear campaign because apparently his wife texted somebody and was like, yo, overthrow the election because this isn't right. I concur. But anyway, and they're trying to get rid of him while putting in a, uh, she's not a pedophile herself, but she's definitely a supporter, an ally of pedophiles. And you you might be thinking, oh, I'm, I'm being, you know, mean or whatever. Um, when you look at one of the, there was one case specifically, the dude was charged with six, possessing 600 different, it was the father of the child that produced 600 different uh, child porn, whatever you want to call it, images and distributed them. He was recommended, the recommended sending, the very minimum recommendation was 96 months. That was the bare minimum. She gave three months. And her excuse. She's... Her excuse for doing it. Well, that's because of, that's because we have computers. It, it's more of the computer's fault than it was the person's. Yeah, because the computers kind of are more an readily available. What kind of an answer is yeah. that? Yeah, and and she's her argument is if you surf online for porn, you could mistakenly be exposed to uh, child porn multiple times over, and because of the current laws and everything, uh, you would go to prison for long term. Blah blah blah. Oh, okay. Um, that said. If she's in the Supreme Court and you have lawsuits against, I don't know, maybe maybe California uh, to where um, your child was caught in a sexual act with someone that was 20 some years old. OK, and uh, that's uh, with one of the rulings. Uh, I believe the gap was something like 14 to 24 that you could have your 14 year old having sex with a 24 year old and it's fine. Um, that doesn't have to be told. Uh, it's consensual. If you try to take that to court well if she's on if she's on the supreme court and it reaches supreme court which way do you think she's going to lean well it's not his fault that's what it'll be right there susan collins by the way has flipped and she says that she now supports judge brown getting put on the uh, supreme court huh i i honestly i think she's going to get a nominated uh, she's going to get in she's going to get approved she's going to be appointed that that's my belief i don't think quite there's frankly, enough democrats and republicans to no uh, I, quite against. frankly no, I, I quite frankly, I, I don't believe I don't believe she has any business holding a uh, holding a, a seat on any court, let alone being a, a, a an appointee to the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land. Are you insane? This woman should be disbarred. She can't even define what a woman is because she says that she's not a biologist. Unbelievable. OK, um, I tell you what, Bruce, I'll give you a choice. I'll, I'll give you a choice. I'll give you three choices. OK, I'll give you three choices. We can talk about AOC, which keep in mind, we talked about her the other day. We can talk about AOC in the midterms. We can talk about Fauci and what he's now said over the next uh, or over the last day or so. We can talk about that. Or we can talk about the the uh, the prominent American fat studies activist scholar that Stephen Crowder and Elijah Schaefer infiltrated. 
God, I want to go over the, the the fat one, but I'm going to say something insensitive and <laughs> offend someone. So uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe um, we should do Fauci because he he deserves our ire. Yeah, I I suppose so. All right, we'll we'll do Fauci. We can we can talk about the other one on the weekend if you want or something like that. Fauci says that um, we're not going to be able to determine if lockdowns were worth it. How can you not determine that? How can you not? How can you not determine that? You can look at the. I'm wasting my time sitting here saying what he could look at. He knows this. Fauci's a lot of things. He's not stupid. He's not an idiot. He knows this. He's just a sick, evil bastard is what he is. He knows damn good and well whether or not lockdowns were worth it or not. He knows that they were in his sick mind. They were worth it because it killed more people than it actually saved. But instead, I'm actually I'm not sure he's not stupid. Really? Legitimately. Yeah, because I don't mean stupid in the sense of I mean, stupid in the sense of lacking intelligence uh, or not intelligence, wisdom, Okay. Uh, because uh, the reason I say that. He's blinded by politics, in other words. Yeah, maybe, maybe blinded by politics. The the reason I say that, if you look at what his rhetoric was back in the 80s when you had the, the AIDS epidemic going on, his rhetoric was so detached from scientific knowledge at that point in time. I mean, he was he was saying that you would get AIDS. If you had AIDS and you ate cereal because you touched the cereal box, and if your child touched the same cereal box, they are now infected with AIDS. That was the rhetoric he was saying. You, you noticed he said the same rhetoric with COVID? You remember the groceries? Oh, when I get home, yeah. I like to leave my groceries sit out for a day, you know, because I like to leave my chicken sitting on the counter for a day, don't you? I like to leave my milk yeah. sitting out for a whole day, don't you? So because the rhetoric didn't change, it was the same kind of BS when we knew that that's not the case. The, the chances of the virus, you have to have a perfect condition for the virus to survive for long periods of time. Um, under normal circumstances, it might survive an hour under normal circumstances. So but again, you have to have the right climate for it to survive that long, the right surface, everything. And it, it, with your groceries and everything, it's just not it's not a good environment for it to survive. It, it would be more likely for someone to sneeze, wipe their snot on a product and then you to eat that product. It is more likely for you to get sick within like a few seconds of each other. Like you visibly watch them sneeze on it and then you're inhaling the food they just sneezed on. I, I that's that's the level of of, well, lunacy you would have to see to transmit it in that way. It, it's just. I, I don't I don't know what the, they, they, OK, they were saying that the transmission rate for the virus, right, for you to get it from being in the same room room as the other person with COVID. This is with COVID. You had to be in the same vicinity as that person for about three hours. So you had to be around them for a three hour period for you. If they with them being COVID positive and having symptoms, you had to be in the same room, breathing the same air for three hours. That that was the average time it took. Did you see the? Did you see the? Uh, it, and all of that is all of that is like everything leading up to that. That was all that you were describing. That the agenda was that was all mass hysteria. All of it. That that's all it was. And you're still seeing the mass hysteria. You're still seeing the people outside. At least I'm still 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 seeing the people outside with the masks on by themselves. I'm seeing people driving alone in their cars again with masks on. It's insane. Kathy Griffin, you know the woman that held up the uh, the, the severed head of Donald Trump. Yeah. And then she got she got in trouble for it. And then uh, she was screaming and crying all over national TV because it was all Trump's fault because he had mean tweets. That one. She puts out a tweet yesterday 
And she says, fourth booster efforts, right? And she's like flexing her, I, I don't know, twigs or whatever they are. It's hanging off her shoulders there uh, with Band-Aids on them. And she says, I got my fourth booster and CVS gave me eight free COVID tests for getting a booster. Lady, do you not see the irony here? D do you not see the obvious? You've been boosted four times for something that you still need to get tested for? That you're supposed to have an immunity? Like, think, for God's sake. Think. Uh, real quick, I would say that this is for a virus that is largely not a, a problem for the vast majority of people. However, she's been boosted four times now. So, yeah, I would be using those tests like crazy because um, your immune system is super weak now uh, versus COVID and many other diseases. So congrats. Um, you've just effectively destroyed your immune system. So let's look at some more gaslighting, shall we? Fauci. Now, again, he says that he doesn't know whether or not lockdowns were worth it. Doesn't know whether or not lockdowns were worth it. Never mind the fact that we've seen a 25% increase in alcoholism over the course of 12 months. Never mind the fact that we've seen a record increase in suicides. Never mind the fact that we've seen childhood development put back by a minimum of five years of development, if not more. Never mind the fact that you've got anxiety, depression, stress all off the charts, two, three, four thousand percent increases. Never mind the fact we have a 68,000 percent increase in strokes over the last year. Never mind the fact that we've got European footballers literally dropping dead on the field or on the pitch, whatever you call it. Nothing to see here. Three more died over the weekend. I'm quoting Fauci here. Again, he doesn't know whether it's worth it or not. I don't think we're ever going to be able to determine what the right balance is. I'd play the whole interview, but it's like 10 minutes long and we don't have that kind of time and I really don't want to hear him. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to quote him. I think the restrictions, if you want to use that word, which I tend to shy away from, lockdowns, they certainly prevented a lot of infections. Where's your data to prove that, Dr. Fauci? Prevented a lot of hospitalizations. Again, where's your data? I, I hate to use his words, but you know, it's just, it's too funny. And it prevented a lot of deaths. There's no doubt about that. Um, gaslighting, just a little bit, just a little bit. We saw increases in all of those things. The infections are still there. The hospitalizations are still there. The deaths are still there. The lockdowns did not work. Period. End of story. There is no doubt about that, sir. Do you know who the worst was in the United States as far as COVID, the hospitalizations and, and all of that? You know, do you know which state was the worst? Um, I don't know for a fact because we've looked at a lot of data from a lot of states there, but I'm going to go with one of the obvious this was choices recent. here. Recent. Okay. This is recent. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with one of the obvious choices here because I'm going to, I'm just based on the, on the, uh, the data that's actually out there. I'm going to go with the areas that have had the highest amount of restrictions because I mean, that's usually the way that the data tends to go when you look at the trends of it. So I'm going to say, can you give me two guesses on it? Because I, I was going to go California or New York. You've you've narrowed it down to an accurate assumption. The 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 places with the highest restrictions. You've narrowed it down, and and I'll, I'll, because of that narrow down, I'll I'll give you credit for it because I don't think you'll guess it. It was uh -huh. Vermont. Vermont. Vermont had so the the media was saying Vermont did it right. And the media was saying Vermont did a good job with uh, the lockdowns and, you know, fighting COVID and everything. But then when you look at the actual charts and you look at the worst, you know, how ranking, how bad they did based on the number of infections, the number of hospitalizations, the number of deaths. You know, when you take all of that into account, Vermont was the worst 
in the nation. And where do you think, uh, you know, the the one that the the media, the left, everybody has been saying, oh, this is an, an atrocity. This is the worst. Florida was like fifth or sixth of the best. Uh, Bruce, did I, I I did tell you this. We did talk about this on on podcast when I heard this. I was talking to a friend of mine from Boston. He literally believes it. Now he's vaxxed and boosted and everything else, right? He's He's got his three. Don't know about the fourth, but he literally told me, and he actually believes this, and I, and I, I, I just can't convince him otherwise. He, he's just set in his ways. He literally told me that Florida did it the worst. So it's the opposite of what you're saying. Florida did it the worst, and they lost half of their population. Uh, I, I, I just to point out that a little bit. Vermont was the worst state, but if you include like you know territory or whatever, I don't know. I don't know what do we consider DC because it's it's not its own state or it's just a city but it's our capital and anyway whatever dc was the worst if you if you include dc in the listings uh but vermont was the worst state hmm. well let's go back to dr fauci what does he have to say about the kind of restrictions in society he says obviously when you do have that kind of restriction in society talking of lockdowns there are unintended negative consequences particularly in children who are not allowed to go to school in the psychological and mental health aspects it has in children, in the economic stress it puts on society in general, on individual families. Obviously, those are negative consequences that are unintended. One has to look at the balance of lives saved, hospitalizations avoided. He also added that he cannot say, this is your favorite part, Bruce, he says he cannot say whether future lockdowns will be needed, admitting that the idea of them has a charged element. He says, I believe we must keep our eye on the pattern of what we're seeing with infections. Right now, I'll take the United States, for example. The cases continue to go down, the hospitalizations go down, and the deaths go down. We're going to have a gradual shift towards what we all hope will be normal. What he means to say is the new normal. That's what he's hoping for, is that. I kind of think they hope everything goes back to normal, because if we go back to normal, people are, um, they're complacent. It, we can't, though. Economically, you can't do it because the businesses that are shut now, the ones that have closed, which is another aspect of the lockdowns, he didn't even mention the detriment to the economies and the business uh, and the businesses. But if we go back to normal or what we used to know is normal, if we go back to that, all the businesses open up. There's no restriction on things. The money is not channeled. It's not regulated. It's not controlled. Once the money's going everywhere, this is another reason why the lockdowns are still in place in a lot of places, because the money supply is able to be channeled where they need it to be channeled. They can regulate it where they need it to be regulated. If you open things up completely and you have money going everywhere, you're going to have hyperinflation, regardless if you lose the petrodollar or not. Yeah. Well, they, they also need this, um, uh, you know, all these rates and everything at hikes that they're doing, and they need to burn off the surplus of cash to try to stave it off as well, which as you increase rates, inflation is only going to skyrocket anyway. It, honestly, at this point, Recession is is a guarantee, in my opinion. I, I think we're already in it. And a Great Depression level, uh, that one, uh, we're on track to have another Great Depression. But I don't think I'm not I'm not I'm not 100 percent on that one. We might be able to stave it off because, hey, look, uh, since 2008, we've had like one hundred and forty trillion dollars printed since then. And the system hasn't collapsed yet. So maybe it's a lot more robust than we thought. Maybe. But if they start ditching our dollar as a petrodollar, that, 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 that's gone. 
it, great recession. But Here we come, full th the, full throttle. Yeah, but the supply chain. The the supply chain, though. I I don't think we we didn't have the supply chain issues in 08 as as we do now. They're literally breaking the supply chains on purpose. All this is being done on purpose. None of this is being done by accident or by chance. This is all being done on purpose. So remember that. Remember that. That is so important for people to understand that it's being done on purpose. This does not have to be this way. Instead, the governments are doing this. When the governments came up with the 14 days to flatten the curve, when they pitched that to people and people bought it, when that happened and they didn't go back to normal and they grabbed control of power and they didn't let it go, they said, hey, government of we the people is now over. It's now whatever we say. The people got cut out of the decision making process. And it's been that ever since, hasn't it? With COVID, they told you, you can't go to church. You can't congregate with people. You can't go to this business. You can't go to that business. You can't buy this. You can't work. You can't whatever. And now it's the same thing. Don't use energy. Conserve your energy. Drop dead. That's what I say. Drop dead. You've already told people to give up what they consider to be a normal life. And now you're continuing on with that? No, 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 no. See, you lost that privilege. And that's what that is. That's a privilege. That's not a right. You're not holier than thou. You people are not kings and queens. You're servants. You've forgotten that. And you're going to have to be reminded of it in one way or another in the coming days. And that's going to happen. That is going to happen. We are going to have to go. We're out of time. For those of you who would like to send us some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener. We would humbly ask you to pass this along to five friends. That's all, just five friends. Do you know someone you're trying to wake up? Do you know someone you're trying to get to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.